Hello, Friendship fam. We welcome you to Friendship Church Studios in beautiful Shakopee, Minnesota. We're about to do a deep dive into 1 John. I'm with your friends, pastors Matt and Joel. I'm Kenny White, inviting you to grab some coffee, buckle up, and enjoy the ride on this week's episode of your Friendship Church Podcast. Last week, we started a special segment named Code Word. We asked for you to share a word, and we'd ask Pastor Matt to work that word into the podcast. Well, you sent the word, and Pastor Matt shared it in the last podcast. We want to thank Teresa Benson for suggesting the word fricassee, and congrats to Mike Waskowski for getting it right. Help us prepare for a future segment of Code Word by sharing a word with us at podcast at friendshipmn.org. As always, check out friendshipmn.org for more resources. We hope to see you in Shakopee or Prior Lake at 9 a.m. or 1045. Hey, Friendship fam, we want to thank you for joining in. I'm here with Matt and Joel, and we're starting to just walk through 1 John together. I'm really excited about it, guys. This is is one of my favorite books to just slowly walk through with someone, especially someone who's early in their faith. Uh, I I love this book for many reasons, but that's that's one of them. And I'll I'll bring that back up here in just a little bit. But uh, Joel, earlier you were talking to me about um, using 1 John. You often will tell people to Read the read the Gospel of John and then go to First John. Remember, we had that conversation about that. I do. That was. It seems like it was months ago now. Right. Yeah. So uh, tell me about why you do that. I don't. I think I just like the Gospel of John and how it reads, and uh, it's not terribly long. Um, but it, I don't know. I just like John. I think yeah. maybe that's what was told to me when I was an early believer, and I just kind of clung to that. Yeah, um, and then I go to First John, Second John, Third John, just because they're mm-hmm. shorter books to read too, and right. they're easy to read. And and refreshing myself through this passage, even just this morning, um, just kind of the first ten verses or so of First John is kind of like a mini Romans road. So yeah, say sure. Like a, a little talk track on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like we're all sinners; He died for us. Yeah, because of Him, you're saved. Yeah, um, and it's just succinct in that manner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Do you use First John a lot, Matt, when when you're doing discipleship or or the Gospel of John? Do either of those stand out as you're walking with somebody early in their walk with Christ? Uh, yeah, I usually don't start people in the Gospel of John. We get there, uh, but I usually mm-hmm. start people in Matthew or Mark just because it tends to be simpler, mm-hmm. more narrative oriented. There are some deeper and more complicated things in the Gospel of John that I often uh, wait a little while to get to before they've gotten the general flow mm-hmm. of the narrative from a Gospel like Mark mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. But First uh, John is extremely helpful because it helps us to understand whether or not we actually know him. Mm. Uh, I mean, I think that's the point of the book, right, is right. Uh, whether that we can have confidence that we genuinely know him if we're reading through this and say, yes, look at those markers. I've got those in my life. Right, right. Sweet. Yeah, yeah I, I really appreciate First John for a lot of reasons, but one of those is, um, like you were just quoting in First in John 5.13, 
that, that you may know that you have eternal life. And when I look at the early church and, and I start reading some of the, the conflict that was happening there, like it, it was big. We, you know, we're so far removed that we don't even think in, in those terms. Like what would it have been like when the canon of the New Testament hasn't really been formed or accepted and you have these people from really a lot of different cultures coming in at, at different angles yeah, we accept this part of your Christian doctrine, but not this part, and and it's all over the Roman world. Um, like there, there had to have been a lot of confusion and frustrations. And First John, without giving some specific names, really seems to address that. I I I love the uh, the the flow of First John, even just how he starts off with. Uh, just so you know, I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and uh, maybe, Joel, if you don't mind, why don't you go ahead and read those first four verses? Sure. First John, verses 1 through 4. That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life... The life was made manifest, and we have seen it, and testify to it, and proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father, and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard, we proclaim also to you, so that you too may have fellowship with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father, and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And we are writing these things, so that our joy may be complete. Thanks, Joel. That's awesome. Um, you know, early when when John is writing this, he's he's up in Ephesus, and uh, he's he's a bishop, right? So he's overseeing these different churches, and one of the funny stories comes uh, through the church fathers that Polycarp shares, and Polycarp tells the story that John is in this bathhouse, and there were these bathhouses all over you know, the Roman world, it wasn't a bad place to be. I know it, like it has a different connotation now, but it wasn't, it wasn't the one that John was at, right? So anyways, he's in this bathhouse and Serenthus is in there. Serenthus is this guy who is perpetuating these, uh, these lies. He's saying things like, Jesus was a really good guy and the spirit came down and entered him at baptism and left him just prior to the cross. And, uh, you know, of course, this is just, it's folly, it's heresy, it's not true, but he's gaining ground. Well, anyways, Serenthus is in the bathhouse. John finds out that he's in there and he takes off running out. And uh, when he gets out, he, somebody's asking him, why, why are you running? Like the place is on fire. And he's like, Serenthus is in there, the, the teller of lies. And, and I'm scared <laughs> that the place is going to burn down with him in there. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, he's got to be in his 80s or 90s at this point. And so just thinking this old man running yeah. out like that. I can't even run now, let alone in my <laughs> 80s or 90s. Are you kidding me? Well, yeah. And, and an a person running was odd in that culture and mm -hmm. an old man running was even more so. So it really stood out yeah. contextually. Yeah. I think that story though, uh, really gets at one of the keys of these first four verses. And that is that John is saying, this is based in history. 
Yes. He says, I, I've seen it. I've heard it. We've touched it. Like this isn't, this is totally distinct from other religions mm-hmm. in the sense that it is firmly grounded in historical facts. This isn't about theories. It's not about philosophies. This is about an actual man who was the son of God who got up from the grave. And uh, I think he starts with that uh, deep sense of history. Yes. Right? That I, I was there, seen it, touched it, heard it. Yeah. Been there from the beginning. Uh, and I know what I'm talking about, like you said. Right. I'm on well, it. Well, and that was that was especially important because there there were another group of people in the ancient world who were starting what what really forms later into Gnosticism. And they're saying things like the body and the spirit, they they're two different things. And the spirit is good, the body is bad. Therefore, it only appeared as if Jesus was in the flesh. He wasn't really in the flesh because the flesh is bad. And John just comes right out of the gate uh, addressing that. No, I've heard it. I've seen it. I've touched. I know what I'm talking about here. So I, I, just in those first, in that first verse, he's, he's just crushing these, heres- mm-hmm. these heresies because of the authority that he had in walking with Jesus. Yeah. Love it. And I, I think that while he is establishing the see, hear, touch of a genuine human being, he is also affirming that he is the Son of God here. Mm-hmm. Refers to him as the word of life, the life. Like he, This isn't just some dude. Right. Uh, and so he is fully affirming within these first four verses, fully man, fully God. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and you think about John, you know, being probably around 13 years old when uh, when he's called by Jesus to mm-hmm. follow him. And the the development of the relationship that Jesus and John had, the, the familiarization that John has with Jesus, um, to the point where he's referred to as the beloved disciple, mm. you know, uh, you, you might think that John would start with, oh man, you would love this Jesus guy. He is so great. But to your point, he goes right to this is this is God in the flesh. Mm. This is he is the word of life. Uh, uh the son of God. He doesn't go to that familiar place that you you might mm. that like we maybe would. Yeah. It's pretty interesting. Joel did such a great job of reading these verses. Uh, we may lose this in some of our English translations, but as is so often the case in the epistles, in the Greek, these four verses are all one sentence, right? Just one giant run-on sentence. No way. <laughs> with a single controlling verb, proclaim, which is yeah. what John is saying. Like, no, I'm, I'm here to tell you. And it, yes. it also reminds me of my job, and I think every believer of their job. Like, hey, we are the proclaimers of, yes. of what Jesus has done in our life, of what we yeah. have seen, what we've heard, what we have experienced yes. in our relationship with him. That is the controlling verb, yes, <laughs> if yeah. you will. Is that sentence in, in the original language easier to say because it's shorter, it gets more concise? So that's know. one big long breath. Big he, must, he had to have been long. excited writing this. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <gasps> Greek is painful. Maybe, maybe if he was speak, uh, speaking, he would have broken it down differently, but in <laughs> yeah. writing, 
no breath was involved. <laughs> so you can write, you can take as many breaths as you want as you're writing a giant <laughs> run-on sentence. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I love I love verse four too. So uh, as as he addresses all of these things, he says, uh, "And these things we write to you that your joy may be full mm. or complete." Like again, to the to the point of the early believers that there's some insecurities going on in the churches, presumably that that like okay, well. You know, we've we've heard John say this, and there's this this guy Polycarp. He's saying these things, and those th- seem to match up. But now we have Serenthus, and and he's come in, and he, he's from Egypt and and Alexandria, where there was just this center uh, of knowledge and information, and and Serenthus is coming in, and he's telling the story a little bit different, and he has so much authority and and power and. Maybe he knows something that John doesn't know, mm. and maybe we need to listen to this. But then there's this this other group of people that are starting to come in, and they, that makes sense that our bodies are are physical and corrupt. I mean, just the the very act of aging identifies the corruption of our bodies. So, mm-hmm. so maybe there's truth to that, and you can see the insecurity that may be developing early in the church that John is just crushing by his authority um, uh, of knowing Jesus, of walking with Jesus, of seeing t- Jesus, of touching Jesus. Uh, his authority as bishop and saying, no, 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 we're cleaning house here. And though they have called you simple ones, you are not simple ones. Right? Mm. You, your joy can be complete. You can know that you have salvation. But that salvation isn't found in some sort of unique information that is only to certain people. That is found in the Son of God. Mm-hmm. And and he goes back to that over and over again. And again, to, to your point, Matt, uh, looking back at the Gospel of John, so not the epistle, but the Gospel, uh, at the very end, you know, John talks about, I suppose if we wrote the stories of Jesus, like the world could not contain mm-hmm. them, and and he could have gone so many different ways um, uh, in, in his communication and in his relationship, but what he wants to do is make sure, hey, here's some security. We're united in Christ. Your salvation is found in Christ, and I want you to know this hmm. beyond the shadow of a doubt. One thing that so so I read the passage this morning as well. I didn't wait until Joel read it. I oh, I actually read it before I got good. here. That was good thinking. <laughs> yeah, 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 great job. I know that uh, shocking that one of us did a little preparation here, but um, w- one of the things that I think we see in the first four verses is an introduction of a theme that runs throughout First John that I think is so important right now, like so vital at this very moment of time. And that is the theme of fellowship with God is directly connected to fellowship with fellow believers, Mm -hmm. right? And verse three, he says, I'm sharing this with you so that you may have fellowship with us. Mm-hmm. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son, Jesus Christ. And I think that one of the themes throughout First John is there is no fellowship with God that is departed from a fellowship with fellow believers. Right. And I think one of the things that Christians always struggle with is an individualism within their faith. Yeah. I will meet with God in whatever way seems best to me. If I meet with him in nature, that's my call. If I meet with him while fishing, that's mm. my call. 
Um, but one of the things that First John wants to stress again and again is, no, to be to be a part of fellowship with God is to be a part of koinonia, uh, a community that is seeking a particular purpose. It, it is to be a part of fellowship, a part of relationship, a part of worship with the body. And there are so many people right now in this crazy COVID world who are proclaiming that they are taking a break from church, but not taking a break from Jesus. And the message of First John is, nope, that's not how it works. Right. Like that, you know, that, that is impossible. You cannot take a break from the church and take a break from... Now, you can take a break from a particular church because there's unhealthy things going on or that kind of thing, right. but you cannot take a, take a break from fellowship with fellow believers mm. and believe that you have fellowship with Jesus. That's just not the way it works. They're yeah. tied together. Mm. And we see that throughout yeah. this, I mean, this epistle. This next section is going to hit that hard in verse 7. If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. Mm-hmm. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Mm-hmm. And like you're right, that connection is something that we miss, especially in the West, <clears throat> that Oh yeah, it's just it's just me and God. It's just me and Jesus and it it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jesus' own prayer in John 17 is to make us one as the Father and Son are one and then he 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 puts this addition to it like that the world may know that mm-hmm. the Father sent me. Yeah. If we don't have this oneness, guess what the world doesn't see? And perhaps that's a part of the issue that we're seeing in our in our country right now. Well, and it's particularly heightened as we come out of COVID, mm-hmm. right? Because for the last 15 months, part of what we have experienced is this build-your-own-individualistic Christianity. On a Sunday morning, I'm going to watch these four churches, yeah. right? You know, and, and it has become a, I am personally choosing what I want to watch in order to be a Christian. I am personally choosing what information I'm going to take in, Mm. but it has become less about, and especially during stay-at-home orders, especially during people just watching church rather than being a church, Mm -hmm. it has become about my own individualistic selections Mm -hmm. and not koinonia with the body. And I think this is... This is so important to where we stand right now in society, mm-hmm. that fellowship with God and fellowship with our fellow believers cannot be taken apart. Uh, I've heard person after person talk about, well, it's just easier to focus when I'm sitting on my couch by myself and listening to right. Kenny speak. Right. Yes, it, it's easier to focus, but that's not the point. Right, right. The point is koinonia. The point is fellowship with our fellow believers. Right. And those distractions of the kids making noise in the row behind you are a significant part of what God wants to use in your life that day in order to grow your character. Right. And so <laughs> I just, uh, and... I think sometimes we, <laughs> right. in our highly individualistic society, we, we miss the community aspect that First John is going to say is fundamental. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll stop with my ranting. No, that was fantastic. Really appreciate that. Do you do you see that Joel in your world the a, a disconnect in uh, Christianity and uh, so when I say Christianity, I really mean relationship with God and relationship with believers. Like those are two separate things in terms of a Christian experience. I don't I don't see it. Um, 
I don't believe that myself. Or right, right. Okay. No, I know you don't believe it. Right. But do you see that among I don't know your your demographic, the oh, people sure. that you connect with on social media and things like that? Yeah, I mean, I know a number of people, even in my past jobs. That let's talk said. about it. Let's give names. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, Kenny. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No. Wait a minute. Um, Why don't we talk about how his demographic is different than ours? <laughs> your demographic. <laughs> I think. <clears throat> So not old people like the other two in the room. <laughs> oh, you guys aren't old. Um, beautiful eyes today, Kenny, by the way. Um, <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, wow. <laughs> if, okay, yeah. Um, yes, it, it's definitely apparent, you know, across all generations. Um, yeah. But uh, you guys got me all lost. The, there's a sense of corporate worship and the importance of it, too, right? And coming yeah. together and singing as a body. And, you know, one of the crazy experiences I had um, uh, in the beginning of May, I had a Sunday when I wasn't on the platform. And I sat in the front area with my wife and um, I could hear people singing. And I think a good majority of people had masks on that at the time. But it was just so cool to be kind of unplugged from the stage and to hear mm-hmm. us worshiping together and the importance of it. Um, but, and as a quick aside, one other thing that I just want to mention, like, and you mentioning Sorrentis, like, and Matt mentioning, this is an important passage for here and now post COVID or right. kind of coming out of COVID. Uh, what, there's a lot of Sorrentises these days. <laughs> it's not just some dude sitting in a bathtub saying, you know, I'm so mighty. I got a lot of words. Right. What's your Sorrentis right now? Is it Facebook? you know, and the information you're getting from social media or, you know, what's happened. There's a lot of different uh, influencers out there. Yeah. And if you're not reading the word and being based in that or even just joining us along in this first John deep dive, uh, you might be prey to some of that information out there that's not the truth. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you. That's a that's a great place for us to pause on. First John, uh, we're going to pick up next week in verse 5 and finish out the chapter. We want to thank you for joining in. And as always, we want to encourage you to love, live, and serve like Jesus. God bless you, and we'll see you soon. Thanks again for joining in today, church fam. want to remind you that we have the podcast at friendshipmn.org email set up. If you have any word suggestions for our code word segments that will come in the future, please shoot those over to us. We'd love to include them. And, uh, you know, you can use that email address also. If you have questions or topics you'd like to hear discussed in this podcast, we'd love to hear from you. And as always, we'll see you next time on your Friendship Church podcast. Podcast.